Welcome to The Cosmic Calling, a podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs and creative souls on a mission to align their life and career with the cosmos. I'm Natalie Wallstein, career astrologer at Soulshine Astrology, and I hope you're ready to unlock your cosmic calling. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I hope you're ready because we are going to go deep today and talk about a subject that may have crossed your mind when you've read your horoscope or a weekly forecast or began diving deeper into astrology in general. And that is the question of whether we truly have free will or if everything is actually predestined based on our astrology chart and what is being forecasted based on where the planets are in the sky right now. It's a really good question because as an astrologer, I do a lot of forecasting for people. After going through someone's chart and talking about any other topics they want to look into, about a third of my astrology readings are reserved for going over the most major themes for the next year. Not to mention all of the horoscopes and forecasts I write, but when I say theme, I don't mean this is exactly what is going to happen and this is when. It's more about sharing the type of vibes that will be coming in. And at the end of the day, I feel that we can choose if we want to perceive it as a good vibe or a bad vibe. Whatever is happening in our astrology forecasts, we can choose to ride the wave and try to have a good time, Or we can sit in the shallows and just kind of let the waves crash into us and barrel us over. There are astrological energies that are inherently good. For example, any transit involving Jupiter or Venus is bound to bring you a lovely burst of blessings. And then there are astrological energies that are a bit infamous, like Saturn or Pluto, which tend to make life feel pretty hard for a few weeks to a month. But even when I can see an energy coming in, I can't say for sure what exactly it will trigger to happen in your life. I can only suggest how you might feel when it's happening and what area of your life is likely to be affected. So in that case, it's not really about seeing into the future, because the explanation can seem a bit vague to you until it actually happens. For instance, I can say, I see that Jupiter is going to cross over your Neptune and that a dream you have for your future is going to come true during this week. But I can't say, you're going to find out that you got the house of your dreams. Maybe there are astrologers out there that can do that, I have definitely heard of astrologers who can even solve crimes and help you find out that your grandmother's heirloom locket was stolen by a gray-haired lady who had a grudge. But that's not really my style, nor what I like it to be. Because in my opinion, life is meant to be experienced. We're not meant to be automatons running around like robots from one planned milestone to the next. We're meant to enjoy life and learn from it, the good and the bad, and needing to know exactly what is going to happen to you next is not a healthy way to live, in my opinion. 
although I do appreciate and love using astrology to get the basic framework down. I also find it really helpful even just knowing the theme in terms of opportunities or challenges that are being highlighted in a given year because it helps you navigate your day-to-day life with more awareness and compassion for yourself, whether you're having a hard time or you're having the time of your life. Like how wherever Jupiter is in in the sky in relation to your astrology chart can show what your biggest area of growth is for this year. Or how wherever Saturn is in the sky in relation to your chart can show what your current challenge and long-term goals are centered around. But in terms of the question of whether we have free will, I would say that we definitely do because we always have a choice in how we want to react to something that happens. And that choice ends up influencing what happens in the future, not in spite of us, but because of us. Just like the idea that your thoughts create your reality, which I wholeheartedly stand behind. You can look at your week and all of the things on your schedule and feel super overwhelmed and think, Poor me, I have too much to do and not enough time, my life sucks. Or you can look at your schedule and feel grateful that your time and attention are in demand and realize that all of the things you have planned don't actually have to be such a big deal, that you don't have to take yourself so seriously and realize that anything hard or difficult in your life cannot possibly last. So you may as well soak up the experience in order to learn from it while you can. Now, on the other side of this, a few episodes ago, I think it was episode 12, I shared with you some of my top favorite books. And one of them was Your Soul's Gift, The Healing Power of the Life You Planned Before You Were Born by Robert Schwartz. As you can imagine, it's about how we planned our lives before we were born. And this book has been absolutely life-changing for me and everyone I've recommended it to because it helps you come to understand that we literally choose the most negative experiences of our lives for a reason And that reason is simply to have the experience in order to grow and learn and maybe even balance our karma. And even though we may have chosen a very particular event to happen, what matters the most is how we choose to deal with it when it does. And that is where free will comes in. I'm currently living in Vancouver right now which means taking a lot of public transportation because they have amazing public transportation and it's actually kind of better not to have a car. And I've been listening to an audio book everywhere I go, which is Robert Schwartz's first book, Your Soul's Plan, because I accidentally read them out of order from the way that he wrote them, but it actually doesn't matter which order you read them in. And as I walk around this beautiful city, I just keep hearing stories about people who have gone through so many terribly difficult things, but then they talk about why their soul planned it out with the help of some very gifted mediums and channels. So I can't help but say that I definitely do believe in fate too. I do believe it's possible that things can be predestined, that we marry the person we planned on marrying before we were born. 
And that's why when we meet them, they feel so familiar to us. Or we may have planned that we'd lose an important person in our lives in a certain way at a certain time. And the thought of that actually makes me feel better for some reason. It makes me feel good to know both that how I react is in my power, that I choose how I want to feel or how much I let something affect me, and that when seemingly bad things happen, it's very possible that it was actually well outside my power. I also believe that everything bad that has ever happened to me has always opened me up for something even better to come along. Another thing I want to mention is that I have, since I was about 18 years old, I've dreamt about things before they've happened. And it's the weirdest thing because usually what will happen is I used to think it was a, an actual dream, like I'd go to sleep and i get this information, but I found out later it's actually more of like a precognition. So I'll just be like going about my day and I'll just kind of like download this information and I'll just think to myself, that's weird. Um, I don't know what, what I'm thinking about right now. And then what will happen is maybe about two weeks to two months later, the exact thing will happen. And so I also believe in fate because it's just the weirdest thing. Like, how did I know exactly what was going to happen? And it's usually kind of like my opinion of how it will be. Like, it's from my perspective. And this is just for myself. I don't really dream about other people's futures or anything like that. But I've dreamt like things that are going to happen or injuries I'm going to get or people I'm going to meet is actually the biggest one. I'll just kind of suddenly know that someone's going to come into my life with a certain name. And that's my strongest sense. I tend to know like someone I'm going to meet, someone I'm going to work with, who's going to reach out to me, who I'm going to hire next. And so that's another reason why I do have to stand behind the idea of fate. And of course, I do enjoy forecasting with astrology and I do think it's really helpful, but I think it's even more helpful to stand in your own power and cultivate the confidence to know that whatever happens, you got this rather than planning every little thing out. Because when I've done this, which I totally have, especially when I was jumping all into astrology and super giddy about all the things you could do with it in the early days and was going through a bit of a hard time, I just felt so overly controlled by it because I would plan out all of the angles that would be exact on certain days. And then I would journal about how it played out in my life. Like for example, Oh, Mercury is square my Mars, which is a type of angle, at 12 p.m. And Venus is in a positive angle with Jupiter at 5 p.m. So I guess I'm not going to go outside until later. So you can see how incredibly specific it can get. And while this was a really good way to learn and study astrology on the micro level... It wasn't so good for cultivating the confidence to simply live my life. Plus, it definitely verges into superstition territory, which is never good because superstitions are based on fear. I know I've harped on about this on the show before, but that's because I do get clients here and there who get very caught up on planning things out perfectly and they don't want to take action until they know for sure that all of the planets are aligned to their advantage. 
And while it is totally possible to do that with astrology and you can get really deep into it, I don't think it's always the best thing to do because it puts us too much in our analytical mind and it creates fear and distrust in our intuition. And as I have also said several times before, astrology, in my opinion, is meant to be the blueprint of our intuition. Intuition being number one. Because the number one thing I hear in an astrology reading with my clients is that they feel their intuition has been validated from the experience. So do fate and karma exist? Yes. Does free will exist? Yes. I believe the answer is yes to both and it doesn't have to be either or. So now that you know how I feel about the matter, let's keep going with this because I would also love to share with you some of the most karmic points you can find on your astrology chart and how knowing what they are can help you on a practical level in your life and career. There are two in particular that actually have a lot to do with your past life lessons and often people are not expecting an astrology reading to go quite this deep. I remember when I was giving my grandma an astrology reading because she was curious about what I did. She was like, oh, that's almost too much. Like she didn't know that you could get so deep into kind of these darker aspects of your personality, like your wounds and your fear and your pain and some of those things that are not always so fun to deal with, but it's actually very helpful to be conscious of. So let's talk about those. If you've already been studying astrology for a while, you may already be familiar with the south node of past karma and the north node of future destiny. The south node of the moon is a mathematical point in the sky, which means it's not a planet, but it is very telling in terms of letting you know, in my opinion, what you came into this life already being very good at. Different astrologers have different approaches to interpreting this point. Some say that the south node is something we did very poorly at managing in a past life that made us a so-called bad person and now we need to change. Maybe there is some truth to that. It's hard to say for sure unless you do past life regression, but I prefer to think that wherever your south node shows up on your chart, shows a type of energy that you've already mastered and you can use what you learned from that experience in a past life and choose to use it for good. In order to truly move past your south node and to use it to your advantage, your life goal is to aim towards your north node of future destiny. The north node of future destiny is another mathematical point that is always exactly opposite on your astrology chart from the south node. So it's showing you what you're meant to move away from and what you're meant to move towards in order to grow and evolve as a soul, as a person, in your life, in your career. What makes studying your notes practical is that I like to look at the north node as your own personal shortcut to success because it's the type of energy you're meant to grow into and embrace in order to step into your greater potential. 
and the universe wants you to grow. So it helps you attract more of the things that you want into your life when you're willing to grow past your past patterns and manifest your energy in a more well-rounded, balanced way. In a way, it's showing you how to win at life. Of course, that doesn't mean this is an easy shortcut. It just means you can choose to grow into it through your own free will at any time. Or you can let your life sort of just force you into doing it over time by realizing how much it actually kind of sucks to be stuck in your past patterns. The North Node is usually well outside our comfort zone, depending on whether or not you have support from other planets congregating nearby. Sometimes people will have a planet like Jupiter or Venus nearby their North Node, in which case it can be a little bit easier for them to grow into it, because they actually have fun and enjoy the process. But for most of us, it's usually something that's quite difficult for us to do, because we haven't done it yet, or we haven't done it enough, or it's not something we would even like to do in the slightest. So to give you an example, my south node of past karma is in Leo in the eighth house of business and finance. This could mean that I was a natural leader in business in a past life, but that I may have gone overboard with that energy, focusing too much on taking control for my own benefit. Since I've never done past life regression, I don't really know for sure what that's all about, but I do think the way this has shown up in my own life is that I feel incredibly passionate about earning my own money my own way and being able to manage my time the way I'd like to. At the same time, I feel like I do use this energy for good because I love encouraging others to take ownership over the way they earn their money and manage their time too, which is why I offer business coaching in order to share the things that have worked for me to help others do the same, and it's all based on astrology too. Everyone born within an 18-month period has the same south node in terms of the zodiac sign it's in. So it's likely everyone in your same grade from school will be working through that similar type of issue. However, the house or the area of life it's channeled through will be slightly different for each person depending on their rising sign. So all the people I've grown up with in school in my grade, they might all have their south node in Leo, but it probably isn't necessarily in the eighth house. Instead of focusing your energy on releasing your south node, however, or looking at it as being a character flaw you might have, or something you should be ashamed of, or something negative like that, which is usually the type of philosophy I've read from other astrologers, I feel like it's more important to focus on bringing more of the energy of the north node of future destiny into your life because that will create the sense of balance you're meant to seek. So you can reference your south node to understand where you're coming from and then focus on your north node in order to balance your karma and move your life and career forward more quickly than you would have if you stayed in your comfort zone, focusing on what you already know, afraid to take risks and grow and evolve. 
If my south node is in Leo in the eighth house of business and finance, then my north node is in Aquarius in the second house of values, desires, and goal setting, because that would be the opposite. My north node challenge is to focus on helping my community reach their goals by doing my part to help move society forward and do so in a new age, innovative, or futuristic way. And it happens to be aligned with my Mercury, the planet of communications. So my way of doing this and stepping into my North Node has been to share my ideas about astrology with the masses as a tool to help them reach their goals. And seeing this on my chart has made me step out of my comfort zone to teach classes and workshops and to focus my work more around coaching. So rather than simply helping you discover how cool your chart is, I want to provide you with the next step of what to do in order to take action on what you've discovered. And in the last few years of consciously working on this, I have totally grown as a person and attracted so many meaningful experiences and rewards in ways that the old me would have never imagined being able to be confident enough to do. A lot of times when I do readings for younger people and we talk about their north node, they will say, I'm supposed to do what? It can seem so foreign and so outside your comfort zone. Whereas when I do readings for people who have had a lot more experience here on earth, they have already inadvertently been challenging themselves to do their north node. The difference is that when you have your astrology chart, you can choose to grow into your greater potential so much more consciously. By the way, if you don't have your chart, you can grab yours at soulshineastrology.com slash birthchart. Otherwise, there are hundreds of sources where you can get it for free online. But I do encourage you to look yours up and think about what your north and south node could mean for you. The symbols for them look like little lassos, with the lasso pointing up being the north node and the lasso pointing down being the south node. Another thing you may like to know about the nodes is that there is also a north and south node always moving through the sky at all times, and these point towards what we were meant to be growing forward from and toward as a collective or as a society in the current moment. For the last year and a half or so, the North Node has been in Leo and the South Node has been in Aquarius. And that's why we've had so many eclipses in Leo and Aquarius, because the nodes determine which sign the eclipses will fall in. And this is what makes eclipses such karmic times. With the North Node in Leo, We've been called to recognize ourselves as the leaders of our own lives, rather than waiting around for someone else to call the shots, which may not actually be in our best interests. Whether we're talking about notorious world leaders or even falling prey to following along with the crowd and going along with the status quo around us simply because it's more convenient when we know Deep down, we're meant for so much more and that we can live brighter lives feeling more powerful than we've allowed ourselves to feel. 
But soon, on November 6, 2018, the North Node will shift into Cancer, and the South Node will shift into Capricorn. The nodes always move backwards on the astrology wheel, moving through each sign over the course of 18 months, going through all 12 signs in about 18 years. This will not only shift the zodiac signs the eclipses in 2019 will fall in, but it will also help bring out more of our empathetic nature, since cancer is a water sign. So the theme for us to grow into as a collective is about reaching out to help others by offering protection, nurturing, and making others feel seen, heard, and cared for, rather than being rigidly stuck in the old conventional ways that have paved the way for a cutthroat society that is more focused on success and accomplishment and money and achievement, rather than building us up to feel good just for being who we are as human beings. I'm personally really looking forward to this more feminine, warm, loving way of being coming into the world more and more, and I think 2019 is going to be pretty awesome because of it. And with that, thank you so much for listening and hanging out with me today. I hope this episode has helped you expand your understanding of how both karma and free will play important roles in life and in astrology, and I hope that this discussion on the nodes has also opened you up to more of the magic that can be found through astrology. If you'd like to download a guide to understanding more about your north and south node and what they mean in your chart, as well as gaining access to all of the special resources from all previous episodes, check out soulshineastrology.com episode 18. For more information on how to use astrology to find your cosmic calling and sign up for astrology email updates, check out soulshineastrology.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review for The Cosmic Calling to help other cool people like us find the show. The Cosmic Calling community is a gathering place for listeners of the show to connect more deeply with fellow like-minded spiritual seekers. Join us for astrology classes, monthly forecasts, cosmic planning tools, plus bonus features for these podcast episodes by going to soulshineastrology.com community.